I think that is the most delightful hymn in the entire hymnal. As I was saying to the choir earlier, we need more Haydn in our lives, especially Easter time, and especially at this time of our year when uh, we hit this uh, time when we're preparing for the ascension. Jesus, in the gospel from John today, is hinting at that when he says to Judas, not Iscariot, that I am going. And as he said before, where, you, where I am going, you cannot come, but I will not leave you comfortless. I will send the Holy Spirit, the advocate, sometimes called the comforter, and he will t- uh, teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. So the disciples are being prepared for this imminent and uh, not final, but uh, lengthy, shall we say, in terms of centuries, departure of Christ from the earth. Of course, we wait for his coming again, but we know not when that will be. No one knows the hour. And so the disciples then and the disciples now are encouraged by Jesus with these words, because as he went about his ministry in the world, we saw the disciples develop spiritually and in terms of personal maturity and in in the sense of their mission and clarity in that and understanding exactly what it is they were called to do in the first place, which was very different, I'm sure, by the time of the Ascension and the coming of Pentecost, I'm sure their understanding of the reason why this was all happening and what they were supposed to do was vastly different from what it was at the beginning. And that's true, I think, for, for most of us in life. I can say, say to you that uh, what I thought about uh, ordination at the time that I was just setting out as an eager, shiny new seminarian uh, was, is tempered by life experience and, um, and you know, just the things that happen to you. And so you have a more of a developed sense of where it is God wants you to be and uh, the mission that he wants you to uh, undertake. And that is because of exactly what Jesus says here, the coming of the Holy Spirit. He will teach you all things, and importantly, don't forget this, he will remind you of what I have said. And that's very important because we all, in our uh, lives of Sunday school and then being adults and going to church and hearing the scriptures read and hearing sermon after sermon, we have an idea, a pretty firm idea, I think, of what it is that Jesus would have us do. We have a pretty firm idea of the things that he said while he was on this earth and the things that he continues to tell us in different ways. But because of the human condition, for us as for these disciples, uh, the words of Jesus and his mission sometimes are obscured by the things of this life. Uh, by our own fears, by our own frustrations. Um, Any number of obstacles can come in our way that prevent us sometimes from making the right decisions or reaching out in the way that we should that would be the way that truly pleases our Lord. So he gives the disciples this little bit of encouragement, telling them, at this point, I am going to the Father. And you should rejoice, because the Father is greater than I. And I have told you this before it occurs. So he's given them a little advance warning, so that you, when it does occur, you may believe. 
And the ascension will occur later uh, this week. The ascension always falls during a weekday. And so some of the larger churches, for example, in, uh, in the city will have an evening ascension tide Ascension Day uh, Mass, with sometimes with great fanfare and uh, gorgeous music. The church where I served as a curate on 74th Street always had a big Ascension Day Mass with uh, strings and orchestra, and I believe uh, usually a Haydn Mass setting, because the, those, uh, those wonderful, com- brilliant composers of days gone by knew the liturgy back and forth, and, so, and they knew the themes of the day for which they were writing. And so, for example, uh, at Ascension Tide, the, the music is very, it wants, you feel like it wants to draw you up with Jesus. And so it's a, music is a really critical tool in helping us to develop in our faith. But that's, that's another sermon. Um, so Jesus is preparing to ascend, and... Pair that, then, with the reading we had from Revelation, where John has this vision of the heavenly city, Jerusalem, and it is quite unlike any city on earth before or since. In this city, there is no night. There is no need for the sun because the light is God. And the river of life flows down the middle. The trees of life grow on either side, bearing fruit in all seasons. And all will be gathered together and worship the Lamb on his throne and will see him face to face. And the gates of the city will never be closed. So, in other words, to quote another part of Scripture from the Psalms, Jerusalem is a city that is at peace with itself. Now, of course, we know this worldly, physical Jerusalem is a place that is anything but at peace with itself. It's the center of three of the world's major religions, and uh, politics are all wound up in that. So there's a whole big human mess in the city of God that uh, is frustrating, but um, also an opportunity, if you think about it, to do God's work and to do that heavy lifting of reconciliation and trust building, etc. But this heavenly city is a city that is at peace. Now today, we honor those who have fallen, who have given the ultimate sacrifice of their lives in defense of this country. Now, we all know that God is a God of peace, And God wants nothing more than for us to be at peace with one another and with him. Jesus said, peace I leave with you, my own peace I give to you. My own peace, the peace of Jesus Christ, is given to us. And that's what we uh, try to have at least a glimpse of uh, every Sunday when the peace is shared among us liturgically. However, we are, as I said, in this world. We are in this situation where Human events sometimes sweep us up, and things that are much bigger than we are, uh, tides that are much stronger than we can swim, take us along with them. And so from time to time, men and women, unfortunately, take up arms against one another. And sometimes there's a very clear and quantifiable evil that must be stopped. Unfortunately, other times, sometimes innocent but Patriotic men and women get swept up into wars that are 
really nothing more than political. But whatever the reason, we take that out today, whatever the reason, we give thanks today for those who serve no matter what. We give thanks to the, for those who did what they could do in this world to, to try to get us, our cities that we live in, to be a little bit more like that heavenly city, Jerusalem, where we don't have to live in fear, where we don't have to close the gate of the city, where we have light and love and prosperity represented in those trees of life that bear fruit all 12 months of the year. And so it's, it's a tricky thing uh, in terms of reconciling uh, that with the faith of Jesus Christ, which was all about uh, peace and love and spreading understanding and breaking bread with strangers and people who are not like you. You know, he faced a great deal of criticism for that. And ultimately, he gave his life because of that message. And so really, it is in his example that we all follow. But this wonderful day today, uh, you know, so we have that, that aspect of it, of, of honoring those who've sacrificed so that we can enjoy the things that we enjoy, enjoy the freedoms that we enjoy. We also give thanks today for the creation of the world, is that very thing that we're so uh, jealous of, that thing that God has put us sort of at the, in the pilot seat of as human beings. We are stewards of his creation. And so between this reading of the heavenly city of Jerusalem in Revelation, the wonderful hymn that we sung, the spacious firmament, uh, talking about the, the, the planets and galaxies that God has created, and set to such a joyful tune, it really, uh, for me, puts into focus God's joy in creation. Because in some translations, when we read the, the creation story, God didn't say, let there be light. God sang, let there be light. And so he sang creation into existence. And so because of that, creation continues to sing to this very day, if only we are able to listen. And so on this day, we are thankful for all the gifts of this life, for our freedoms, for our prosperity in this nation. We are thankful for God's earth, and we pledge ourselves anew, to trying to take care of it as best we can, to be the best stewards that we can, especially in this beautiful place where we can see it all around us and hopefully not take it for granted. And so like, like the planets, like the stars that we sang about, that spin around in, uh, in the majesty of God's creation, we always sing, forever singing as they shine, the hand that made us is divine. Does anyone know what's going on? All right, could we turn off the light? So the Holy Spirit is with us today. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. 